Here's, here's my intro. Yeah. And uh, whenever I do a, a mic check, we're, we're here starting a mic check, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, I always move toward my classes. I want to make sure the whole room works. I want to make sure there's no dead spots. I want to make sure people in the back can hear it. So I, um, and then when I'm facing the easel, I'm doing my thing, always a handheld mic, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a poem that I begin uh, on killing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, not of the princes and prelates with periwig charioteers riding triumphantly laurel to lap the fat of the years, rather the scorned, the rejected, the men hemmed in with spears, the men and women, a tattered battalion which fights till it dies, days with the dust of the battle, the din of the cries, the men and women with broken heads and the blood running into their eyes, not the bemetal commander beloved of the throne riding cockhorse to parade and bugles are blown, but the lads who cared the battle and could never be known. Others may sing of this wine and the wealth and the mirth, the portly presence of potentates goodly and girth. Mine be the dirt, the dross, the dust, the scum of the earth. Theirs be the color, the glory, the magic, the gold. Mine be a handful of ashes and a mouthful of mold. Of the blind and the halt and the rain and the cold, of these shall my songs be fashioned, my tale be told. Then, you know, all the guys in the, that, you know, they're early sitting in the seat said, just a sound check, guys, just a sound check. <laughs> <laughs> Some yeah. of that might be useful. Yeah. Oh, it will I don't be. think that piece has ever been recorded on a podcast okay, before. Good. Yeah, There's our sound check. Just that'll sound be check. our teaser. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll do it as a, can you guess who this is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, let's get rolling. You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents. Look, Fight in Progress. <laughs> I know. I, you're you're the one who started this mess. But, you know, you mess up on an intro once, you'll never hear the I, end of it. I understand. And I haven't ever. heard the end of it. No, and you won't. Uh, this is Susan Simmons, your host, along with the co-host. Who are you today? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, we keep changing your name, but we got to come up with something consistent. Schmedley? Schmedley. <laughs> <Schmedley. laughs> that'll, that'll work. And then we have our, our part-time producer, Joelle, couldn't be here today, so Becky is with us in studio. Mm-hmm. You got Hi, anything Becky. you want to say, Becky? No. <laughs> Nothing appropriate. <laughs> the adult supervision? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, yeah, so it's been uh, a few days since we've done one of these, and just a quick update on Susan since I broke the the, the news of my cancer. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to go back in, take a little more. You didn't get enough this time. Dug on it. Those doctors can never get enough. <laughs> no, but I, I but I love my surgeon, and so that's why I don't really mind. If I didn't like him, I'd be going. No, I don't think so. Right. But I wonder if he'll Once play. Was enough. But will he play Sweet Home Alabama again? Again, yeah. And then say Roll Tide right or, before they knock. Well, me out. you need to instruct him that a uh, little more enthusiasm. Because that was your last yep. thought. You that said that was, yep. and and I will instruct like I always do. <laughs> no, you could just say War Eagle. No. <laughs> Send you off with send you off with that. I have never not liked you till right this moment. (laughs) We'll overlook your your moment of insanity here with us. Uh, But anyway, so it's it's still all on track. I'm still telling them how we're gonna do this in my timeline and all that stuff. But well, we should probably say who that was that piped in there. For those oh, yeah. that the, don't well, recognize. Well, well, I know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, but we're excited because this is our 100th episode. <gasps> yes. yes, we should have bells and whistles and party balloons. And where's the applause button on that board there? Nope. Nope, that, that's the want, want. No, I don't is know. Is it that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it which one? I need to label We do need to label those, Becky. But, oh, God. <laughs> There yeah. it is. The 100th episode of Fighting Progress. And it's, and it's only appropriate that the person who started this whole thing two years ago, yes. just over two years ago in August, he was our first guest when we were doing, trying to do that video stuff, and we looked like we were Fox News side by side, and Ace was the co-host with us, which... We're happy to say he is back in law enforcement, and uh, for those that I'm sure have wondered what happened to Little Ace. But uh, yeah, so our 100th guest was our first guest, and that is the 
amazing, honorable, good friend, somebody that I'm honored to be able to call a friend, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Whoa. All day long. And we have him in studio. <laughs> and he's know, here. He's not best. on the screen. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for doing this. Well, thank you for being there. You know, I, I always uh, try to honor the, the podcast process. Uh-huh. When we were kids, there'd be like three networks, one or two local papers, and maybe six national magazines. And if you didn't get on them, your voice was never heard. There was right. no mechanism. Right. You know, today, these podcasts have broken the logjam. Yes. And then I was on 60 Minutes in 2020. It's like a three-minute blip, and they control it, and they say what they want to say. They take what they want to take. Edit it like they yeah. want it to look. And, and, and this podcast, I, I honor those who listen to the podcast because mm-hmm. they're what makes it work. Yes. They're people seeking a deeper level of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And honor the people making the podcast because you're not doing this for big chunks of money. <laughs> you know, We're not. Waiting to talk You're not doing this to be rich and famous. Uh, yeah. You're doing this because you've got a message to put out. So the whole process, and and a hundred years from now, this will still be available. Yes, it's like a, you know, like a book that it, it is going to be preserved across the years. So it, it's such an honor to be part of the podcast process and be number one and then number 100 with it. You know? you it's just the whole process. <laughs> but most of all, it's the listeners who make it work, those who are, are seeking deeper levels of knowledge. And the, the three-minute soundbite on, <laughs> on any of the news, you're, you're not going to get real information from the news. Bless them all. They're doing the best they can. Well, I, I question even that. But, you know, you and, I, you and I are friends with someone who actually kind of launched podcasts before – anybody knew anything about the internet and a whole lot of stuff and that's our good friend dave smith oh yeah uh buck savage yeah. his little, <laughs> <sitting> in, <laughs> buck savage what a great guy you're right he kind of launched the concept with cops didn't he he, he did never thought savage. of it that that's that's right. it. Not in his long-suffering wife becky yeah <laughs> and we've had him on the podcast yeah, we, we said we want to have both of them on together right. and we need to we do need to schedule that <laughs> right there down in tucson right. and yeah that was always fun but and you know you look at it and you go back then they didn't even mind him doing it in his car, patrol car. Now, right. oh, my yeah. gosh, you'd have to sign forms and uh, departments yeah. to make you rip your your patches off. You yeah. couldn't tell them who you work for and stuff, which I think is crazy. You know, he had the one scene. My favorite one is a video. To, he's talking about being alert, constantly watching, back to the wall, eyes open. And, and while he's saying that, his police car parked across the street is being stripped. You know, the tires are being taken off, you know. And he, and he, you know imagine them allowing... Have your police car, put up on jacks, and have the tires taken off. You know, it's not just wearing the uniform, not just sitting in the car. It's watching your car be stripped. On, on. Yeah, we need to, if you haven't seen it, um, Friday's with Frank. Ah. He's a deputy down in Pinell County with Mark Lamb. <laughs> okay, you remember Sheriff okay. Mark Lamb? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that one's that one's always a fun one. And sometimes the sheriff gets in the car with him, too, and they stop cars. And, <laughs> yeah, that's oh, pretty good. It, it's, it's really funny. So we'll, we'll have to make sure we send you one of those. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good stuff going on. But tell us about – look, we haven't really – had a lot of time with you. Tom and I had dinner with you a few months ago, but as far as the podcast goes and that stuff, when you were first on just over two years ago, COVID had you shut down. Yeah. You were home. You yeah. were talking to us on Zoom from home. And a lot of stuff's gone on in a short period of time yeah. with you. Yeah, it's been hard times for a lot of people. You yes. know, uh, let me lay a foundation up front. Sure. Uh, anybody's ever heard me knows we got to get this out. I can't believe that we can't get it out. Uh, medical technologies holding down the murder rate. Mm-hmm. Cop slaps on a tourniquet, saves a crime victim's life, we prevented a murder. Mm-hmm. Tourniquets alone have cut the murder rate in half in just the last decade. Constant leaps and bounds of medical technology holding down the number of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. So comparing the murder rate over a new period of time is like comparing minimum wage without ever allowing for inflation. Yes. So imagine somebody said, well, you make $20 an hour. Your grandpa made 25 cents an hour. Look how good you got it. Yeah. We all immediately, <laughs> we immediately know the lie. Yes. A, a little thing called inflation. Yes. When they say, well, you know, murder's up, but it's not as bad as the 1960s. Ah, that's your BS meter going off. Yes. Because it's a lie. Mm-hmm. So we got one good solid data point. A UMass Harvard study uh, in a peer-reviewed journal says between the 1960s and the 1990s, Medical technology cut the murder rate to a third or a quarter would otherwise be. So to compare the murders in the 90s to the 60s, take the murders in the 90s and multiply by a factor of three or four to get a fair comparison. Okay. 
And the leaps and bounds of life-saving technology since the 90s is astounding. What we've learned in 20 years of war, the life-saving technology mm-hmm. being applied every day. Sure. So it's very, very conservative to say, to compare between now and the 60s, multiplied by a factor of about seven. Wow. So the highest annual increase in homicides we ever had was a 12% increase one year in the 1960s. And then in 2020, homicides up 30%. It's almost three times greater than anything we've ever seen. Sure. But if you allow for medical technology, multiply, it's 20 times worse than we've ever seen. And it's a George Floyd effect. It's a Minneapolis effect. It's a sick, sick narrative in the media. Sure. I can show you the number of dead Americans. I can show you the price we paid for this media's tragic misrepresentation of law enforcement. Yeah. So if 2021 had stayed the same, it would be bad. Mm-hmm. But 2021's up another 4%. And the FBI began to completely change how they're counting data. (laughs) A lot of people saying, you know, uh, half of the major metropolitans were not reporting for 2021. It's it's a mess. It underrepresents it. It's actually much worse than it looks. Yes. Now, I trained the FBI. They're good people. They're doing the best they can, but I beat them up every time. Yeah. (laughs) I said, how can you just lie to us year after year? telling us a murder rate without ever allowing for medical technology. I, yeah. I had the opportunity to brief Vice President Pence in, in the White House. Mm-hmm. I told him, sir, you know, we have inflation-adjusted dollars. We need medically-adjusted murders. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, it will transform the way we see things. So things have come unglued. Uh, and we, you're the only person talking about it. Get, right. it, it get, get the word. Every, every one of you listening. Yes. Get the word out. You know, yes. I, I send emails to all of these people on Fox saying, look, here's the situation. I find it somebody that will run with this and get it out because it is the most important police, law enforcement, crime-wise dynamic that you could imagine. Sure. And nobody wants to be the bearer of bad news. Everybody's invested in, oh, it's not so bad. Well, we need to know about it really is, and it's bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, recruiting is down. Retention is down. We're, mm-hmm. we're dying. Yes. We're dying. So, <clears throat> you know, we ask the question, why do we keep doing it? <laughs> and, and, and I tell people, there have been other bad times. 1776. Yeah. That's a number <laughs> the, we all the, should know. The, the, the winter of 1776 was one of the darkest hours. Uh, the, um, we all heard about bloody footprints in Valley Forge. And, you know, they were wintering over in Valley Forge. And, uh, and, and the Continental Army was a volunteer army. And they just left. Mm-hmm. It, it was cold, it was miserable, it, it was wet, and they left. And, and there was just a small core of people who in December 1776 came across the, the, the water and, 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 and it did a, did a, you know, while all, everybody, all the British were drunk, uh, they, they came and took out the Hessians on Christmas morning, you know. They, you know and, and think about it, they, they took our guns away. That's when they started the war, they took our guns away. And we'll come across, we'll, we'll swim across the river on Christmas morning and kill you in your sleep because you took our guns away. That's the foundation of our nation. But yeah. Didn't work it, out very well. They really probably ought to read that part in history now when they're talking about no, taking our guns again. Yeah, well, that's it. That's what, that's what Concord, and, you know, that's the yeah. whole Concord, uh, you know, and, and uh, was about was they sure. were coming to take the armories. The sure. British were coming to take the armories. And one it by land, they do it by sea. And we met them and, we, and we, we, you know, that's where the war began. So. Yeah. And, and uh, the great American patriots said, don't fire the first shot, but if they want a war, let it begin here. And, and if you anti-gun people are, happen to be listening to this podcast, <laughs> let me just give you a heads up. It's going to be a lot worse if you try it again. <laughs> so so in, uh, Thomas Paine wrote these words uh, in, seven, in late 1776. These are the times that try men's souls. Stop. Your soul's on trial. You're being judged. Mm-hmm. You're being judged by posterity being judged by eternity these are the times of crime and souls the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will shrink from their responsibilities in this hour but those who answer the nation's call deserve the thanks of every man and woman yes and we have this consolation here's the payoff ready for the big payoff yes the more difficult the battle the more glorious the victory sure your great grandchildren will talk about you hmm. like we talk about Wyatt Earp with Dukas. Mm-hmm. The violence of the Old West is a Hollywood myth. The gunfight at the OK Corral 
wouldn't make the state news. <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't make right. the state news. You're right. The You're gunfights right. like that happened all around us. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, cops killed three bad guys. Sure. You know, in the news, you know, unless there was some extenuating circumstance to attack the cops about. Mm-hmm. And and so we're in these tragic times. So I, I can't say why you keep doing it, but I'll tell you why I keep doing it. Waiting at home for me is my bride of 47 years, mm-hmm. my high school sweetheart. Uh, she was 15. I was 17 when I proposed to her. <laughs> We are from Arkansas. <laughs> if it was West Virginia, it'd be a sister. <laughs> two years later, two years later, she married a crazy army paratrooper. Been this ride with me 47 years. I love her more than life itself. But I'm on the road, and that the pandemic wrapped up, I'm back on the road continuously, in spite of everything Antifa and BLM and defund the police try to do to shut me down. Yep. I'm back full time doing my thing. I, I'm on the road over 200 days a year. I get home one, maybe two nights a week, and conjugal visit, clean underwear back in the room. It's like the honeymoon all over again. They've actually, they've actually only lived together about two and a half years. <laughs> and, uh, and you're right. It, it can be a honeymoon every time. It's pretty special. But you see, I love her more than life itself, but I love my kids. I love my grandkids. My grandson just graduated basic training, Army basic training. He's engaged to a girl, and believe it but I could be a great-grandfather. Wow. And, and, and Let that soak in, and, Dave. And, and <laughs> if, if, if we love our children, if we love our grandchildren, yep. if we love our nation, if we love our God, we'll walk out that door and give 100%. Yes. You know, I've been beginning my presentations with, early on with the question, what is the opposite of evil? And the opposite of evil is love. Mm-hmm. Evil is the absence of love, just as darkness is the absence of light. And we fight this terrible evil with our love. Yes. Ain't nobody doing this job for the money. No. <laughs> now, now, we're a rich nation. Mm-hmm. When things are wrong, we throw money at it. And we have not even begun to throw money at this problem. You will see cops get paid money you can't imagine in the coming decades. Sure. The person who decides whether or not to shoot your kid should be the best trained, best paid, best qualified professional on the planet. Absolutely. Doctors don't make decisions to take lives. You know, but mm-hmm. cops have to make that decision every day. Sure. And you will see money coming into law enforcement. Mm -hmm. But right now, these are dark and tragic times. But if we love our children, if we love our nation, our nation's sick. Do we abandon our loved ones and they're sick? No. You got a sick baby. Oh, I didn't sign on for that. Sick baby, (laughs) I'm out of here. No. You know, know, any country western fans out there, old Kenny Rogers song, I think maybe the saddest country western song ever written. Oh, what you're going to say. You, you, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucy. <laughs> remember that? Oh, yeah. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucy. Yeah. Four hungry children in a crop in the field. I've had some bad times, lived through some sad times. This time the hurt won't heal. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucy. Yep. The idea of a mother abandoning four hungry children, mm-hmm. it just rips your heart out. Sure. We don't abandon what we love. Mm-mm. So honor those who've gone on to greener pastures. Honor those who left the profession or went someplace that paid better. But honor those in this dark hour who hang in there. Absolutely. We're not mm-hmm. summer soldiers of sunshine patriots. We don't shrink from our responsibility. It, 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 the worse it gets, the harder we fight. And that's what love means. Sure. And so I, I'll give you an angle on all this. Now, we get hate mail from Antifa and defund that what they're going to do to Mike. We take security very seriously sure. in, in our little home. And I've got two retired police officers work there, and they're armed, and my wife is ready. And I'm never home, but I'm there. I'm armed. Got a few German Shepherds <laughs> well, last which we last got, check. We got, we got some dogs, too. <laughs> yeah. There's our multinational security team. I noticed that on <laughs> your walk the other German day. Shepherd and a French Poodle. You know, you we go. got it covered, dude. We got NATO all in one pile. They're <laughs> 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 both on the same side for once. Nobody nobody can stop them. You know? And, uh, and uh, the... Uh, but, you know, we, we got hate mail from these guys, and I can't control what these idiots do. I can, the only thing in the universe I can control is how I choose to respond. Yes. And if that gets to me, then they win. Sure. So I got some candy my, that I let myself have, like, once a week or on special occasions. I get one of these nasty grams. I get a piece of candy. <laughs> I, I meant to buy him a bag of that candy, and I forgot. I, I almost look forward to it. You know, oh, sure. you know, another nasty gram. Sure. And so, you know, I talk about that to my audiences, and they have their spies in the audience saying, Grossman, we tell you how evil you are, and you got a chocolate-covered cherry. <laughs> so, so who wins now? 
Sure. So who wins now? Sure. So that's that's all you can control is how you choose to respond. So yes. if you lose your temper, you didn't lose it. You gave it away. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's the one thing in the universe you can control. Yes. Now, it's easy to say it's not so easy to do. No, it's not. But we, we, in my class, I talk about sympathetic fight-or-flight response, mm-hmm. parasympathetic feed-and-breed, the four Fs, fight-or-flight, feed-and-breed. And if you think I'm making that up, do an online search for breed. Feed, for, breed. for those of you out there in the audience, the F word is breed. Yeah. <laughs> breed, B-R-E-E-D, fight-or-flight, yeah. feed-and-breed. The four Fs. That's right. <laughs> and if you think I'm making that up, is just go You're online right. and look up feed-and-breed. It's a normal term for parasympathetic nervous. Sure. And there's a... A biological dynamic and then a biological backlash. Fight or flight, sympathetic nervous system, feed and breed, parasympathetic nervous system. Crime victims, other people have have intense sex and it can scare them. (laughs) And it's normal. You know, there's not a lot of positive going to come out of whatever happened. You know, relax and enjoy it. (laughs) Off duty, wait until you're off duty. (laughs) Please. It'll still be there. It'll still be there. I promise. (laughs) That's why, you know, we all know about fight or flight. Oh, the fight or flight moment kicked in and I punched his lights out. I couldn't get. No, no, no. We're not buying that. Mm -mm. And we got to know about feed and breed. Mm -hmm. Oh, the feed and breed hormones kicked in. I couldn't stop us. No, no. We're not buying that. Right. But the first step in controlling it is knowing that it's there. Sure. And and being forewarned and forearmed. Yes. So this uh, this idea that what will pull you from from fight or flight to what? Feed and breed, or sometimes called rest and digest, mm-hmm. is food. Now, the big swig of water, big swig of water is a very powerful tool. Yes. We do our debriefing. Everybody has a bottle of water in front of them. Anybody starts to become emotional, they take a big swig of water. Yep. And it's a powerful tool to calm them down. Sure. I say, you know, a deer's being chased by a wolf. You stop getting a drink, you're really thirsty. I can't get a drink. I'm being chased by a wolf. (laughs) The very fact that you stop and take a drink sends a message to the body that says, we're safe. Yes. So food does it even more so. And uh, and I'm training a spec ops unit. And the master sergeant that was my host, his wife, was an emergency room psychiatrist. And she told him about something sweeping through the ER around the planet. You got some crackhead or meth head, somebody tearing up your emergency room. You know what they do? They grab a bag of M&Ms. They rip it open. They shove the guy's face with like some M&Ms. And a large portion of the time completely diffuse the situation. And he personally witnessed his wife do it twice in cases where he thought he's going to have to fight for his life. And his wife reaches in her purse, grabs a bag of M&M's, shoves a guy's face. Sure. Would like some M&M's. He said, now, it's one thing when a pretty girl does it. <laughs> it's still good to have plan B back here. <laughs> but but that food to calm you down. So what I tell everybody is this. Look, I, I, choose whatever you want. But I like I like Tootsie Rolls. They're mm-hmm. individually wrapped. They say clean. Uh, There's a lot of chewing, a lot of salivation going on there. They're good in the heat. They're good in the cold. Have a little bag of Tootsie Rolls Mm -hmm. in your dash or in a glove compartment somewhere. And when somebody gets ugly to you, Mm -hmm. you say, you know what? Because of you, I could have a Tootsie Roll. Mm -hmm. And this is truly rational cognitive therapy. Sure. This is taking your rational mind and your your emotional, emotional cognitive therapy. You're taking your rational mind and overriding your emotions. Sure. And what they meant for evil, you turn to good. Mm -hmm. Now, those tootsie rolls you can only have when somebody's ugly to you. And and, (laughs) darn. (laughs) If somebody gets you in your face, you first thought, hey, I could have a tootsie roll. Sure. And, and, And you truly can wire yourself. To remain calm. Again, the only thing you can't control that idiot did. You can only control how you choose to respond. That's it. And, and so this is a tool that helps us control that. I get a chocolate-covered cherry. I get a nasty gram for Mantifa. You know, you, you get to have a Tootsie Roll or whatever it is that you want to have in the dash. Y'all know? don't send a whole lot of nasty grams to it. We don't need a fat Dave Grossman. Well, you know, it's funny. I was training a, I was training a guard unit. I won't mention the state. They're great guys. They're training all of their recruiters in the state. And recruiting is so hard for a military right now, just Everybody, like law enforcement. Yes. And they get a 1,000 no's for one yes. So how can they have a 1,000 no's for one yes? Well, I tell them, you know, you know, just every time you get a no, have that little piece of candy. And I said, you know, that's a lot of Tootsie Rolls, so let's go with the little... the little, the little One M&M. <laughs> I mean, one, the little sweet tarts, you know, a little thing of sweet yes. tarts. You know, get one M&M, you get one sweet tart for every no. Sure. Uh, and, and try to take those no's and turn them to something positive. 
And you really can, you know, kind of supersede. You say, well, we've got a lot of our recruiters a little overweight as it is. We're not so sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get a handful of M&Ms today. <laughs> I'm already predicting how many those I'm going to get. <laughs> I'm gearing so, up for it. You know, we, we've all discovered a lot during these dark hours. We've sure. discovered a lot. But I, I really believe in these dark times is when... When, when the best and the brightest, the, the, those who are the true heroes are going to rise to the top and keep fighting the good fight. Yes. Why do we do that? Because we love. We defeat evil with what? We defeat evil with love. Love sure. for our children, love for our community, love for our fellow man. Sure. Love for our family, love for our country, yes. love for our God. Yes. You know, and, and, and these are the things that will sustain us over the long haul. And it's the one thing that defeats fear. Mm-hmm. Love quenches fear as water quenches fire. Yes. You know, mama critter will die for her babies. Soldiers in combat die for their friends. Mm-hmm. What manner of love is this? That men and women will walk out that door and die for strangers. Yes. What manner of love is this? That men and women will walk out that door and lay their life on the line for people they've never met. Yes. And that's what defeats fear. Sure. And, and is, is our love. And, and it's a powerful, powerful force in the universe. And so you believe in who you are. Believe in what you do. Uh, and, and what's the opposite of evil? Love. How do we defeat evil? Love. What conquers fear? Love. And so, you know, nurture that, run with it, uh, and it will sustain us through these dark hours. And, you know, truthfully, I think that's a huge part of what's going on with me when I heard the diagnosis of cancer. And I, we were in, in San Diego with Border Patrol uh, sec, sector over there few weeks ago and i told him at the end i said look my kids are grown i got a german shepherd i baby her the parrot we can just open the door and let him out but anyway uh, but i said you know i'm gonna fight this fight and win it for all of them i don't need to be isolated because this is this is why i'm not afraid of can i tell them what the cops said about you oh yeah good the cops said man we feel sorry for the cancer yes (laughs) the cop said your cop friend said no covid wouldn't take on susan (laughs) he said cancer says here hold my beer and watch this yeah. <laughs> i feel sorry for him and it's really why i think because even mike uh your 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 adult supervision that was on the podcast a little while ago and and he said you're a unique he said i think they broke the mold but that's right but the reality is i think it's it's a mindset yes. and you know when i have cops sit in my office and they're crying and they say how come nobody cares about us till we die mm. and there's mm. a lot of money and stuff thrown at families yeah. and all yeah, kinds of true. things and I told him, I said, you know, that's that's why we're here. Exactly. We don't want to wait till you die. We want to take care of things on the front end. And and as I've told him, God's not taking me yet because y'all still yeah. need adult supervision and under the shield another, and everywhere else too. Another but, great old country western song. Tanya Tucker wrote a book. Wrote a song. Said, "Send me flowers now." Yes. Yeah. Yes. Don't wait till I'm dead. <laughs> Absolutely. Send me flowers now. Yeah. And I'll send. I'll get. We'll have the address on the. <laughs> <laughs> on the candy. Send lots of candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but I, and I think that's one reason uh, I was always so drawn to you from the beginning. Like I said a little while ago I, when i first met him here in the phoenix area many years ago and i said that man is going to like me if it kills me <laughs> because i think our philosophies you have part of it i have part of it but it fits so Amen. well together Amen. that we're doing things others aren't doing and yeah. they are resistant to it yeah. Yeah. and it's really sad to me that there are chiefs and administrations who don't care for susan that's fine um, but then there's also licensed mental health that doesn't and i'm like yeah. hey we're all here to work together amen, amen. and all you know part of the plan yeah. yeah and then when you were being shut down during covid and and all the stuff about killology and boy we want to talk about taking a, a phrase that's been around forever and screwing mm-hmm. that one up completely you know, I, I tell people criminology is not about teaching people to be criminals exactly killology <laughs> It's not about teaching people to kill. Exactly. It's about understanding the factors that enable and restrain killing. And it's terribly important. And my book on killing, Half Million Copies Sold, translated into seven languages. We're in the process of uh, doing the Ukrainian translation of On Killing on Combat. We just signed the contract for Ukrainian translation of On Killing on Combat. People across Ukraine said, we need this. Mm. Oh, they're going to kick Russia's butt as soon as they get (laughs) that book fired (laughs) up. They're already kicking Russia's butt. But they're going to really get motivated (laughs) with your book. What a blessing. You know, there they are in the middle of it, all these veterans from other wars coming, and they all say, you need Grossman's book. You know, we're sending the English translation, but they want it Ukrainian right now, you know. Uh, Google Scholar, scholar scholar.google.com, 
says it's been cited in scholarly works over 3,600 times. You know, wow. so praise God. And is it on killing that's number one on Amazon that I saw? Well, you know, you it's funny. To... It keeps bouncing back and forth. Sure. But usually on killing bubbles to the top. Okay. Uh, and then the audio. With just recently, the audio for on killing and on combat bubbled mm-hmm. up to number one in their category. So praise God. Just the last week, the audio. You know, I do the narration for all my audios. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I did a, we've got a hospital, a veterans hospital in, in Houston that's about ready to ramp up and it's for PTSD, long-term live-in dynamics. And they had me do a, a little narrative. They had a professional producer <laughs> and a Hollywood director. And, and I'm reading, a, you know, I'm, I, first time I've ever read a true teleprompter. You look, you look right in the camera, <laughs> there's the words. This is cool. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah but and, are they your words? Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, they're words I'm okay with. You know, they're my okay. words. <laughs> And, and I'm reading these and kind of doing a little on-the-fly editing. And, and we're done the first time. The guy says, whoa, you're one-take Jake. You know? <laughs> I told him, well, try narrating four books. And you'll get pretty good at it after a while. So I do the narration all the books. and uh, But this is a man who wouldn't do death by PowerPoint. No, and I'm thinking, no, no, wait a minute no. now, but no you'll PowerPoint. read a teleprompter. Okay. <laughs> Different story. All Different right. thing. Okay. All but right. anyway, it's, uh, it's really been cool to see the audio suddenly take off. Somebody mentioned it in some audio group. I can't figure out who or where. Bless you, whoever you are, wherever, wherever you are. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the audio for On Killing on Combat bounced up. And then my other two books that I did the audio for, the uh, Assassination Generation on Spiritual yes. Combat, both of them, the audio took a nice bump. So nice. somebody liked my voice. Somebody wants more. Sure. So I'll tell you. And I think the author should read. I, I don't like the ones where the author doesn't read yeah. it. I yeah. think you missed their real true translation right. and inflection. It's hard yeah. work. It's yeah. really hard to do. It's hard I'm work. sure. So I'm, I'm in 29 Palms, uh, Marine Base in California. Uh, we're, we're about to go to the base theater, filled full of Marines, about to deploy. And I'm going to give them my, my four-hour military presentation, standing ovation, rock them. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm in the, the, the head, the latrine, the bathroom, and I, I'm at the pisser talking to the guy next to me. <laughs> and out of the crapper, a voice comes... <laughs> I know that voice. Grossman's <laughs> <laughs> in the bathroom. I've, I've, I've heard all your books. <laughs> oh Don't oh. recognize the face, but got yeah. that voice down by. Those Marines, you know, it's, uh, both on kill on combat, Marine Corps Commandant required reading lists. Mm-hmm. As they should. And the, the Marines are real readers. Yes. And it's all that time on ship. But a lot of them are really doing the audios now. And that's another whole dynamic. Yes. So it's been an honor to see them bubble to the top somewhere down the road. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't make a joke about making it a picture book for them and Mickey Mouse oh, we, in there. We've done that. <laughs> that's that's our, the Sheepdog Kids book. Yes. It's in black and white. <laughs> Sheepdog Kids book. It is. It is. That's, right. that's for the Marines. That's the name of the book. Sheepdog. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great and book. We used to, used to send it out with, with a, uh, a six pack of colors, but the Marines, the Marines <laughs> they had crayons. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not true. <laughs> you know, but if I tried that, I'd be banned from every Marine Corps base. <laughs> Grossman can do it now. Oh, he's just so wonderful. Oh, I'm like, wow. It's all, it's all in fun. <laughs> I have to ask you, though, are you getting the same pushback you were getting at one time over the word warrior? Yeah. That used to yeah. drive, that drives you me know, crazy. It, but, it, you know, just roll with it. Don't meet the enemy head to head. Go to the flank. Maneuver warfare, you know. So I just talk about walking the hero's path. Uh-huh. You know, I... I, I, it's funny, the, before the pandemic, the mayor of Minneapolis banned his cops from taking any, quote, warrior training. Right. And the police union brought me in just to prove <laughs> you can't do this. Yep. You can't tell us what we, what we can or cannot do off duty. Sure. And they had the, uh, the, uh, his civilians, uh, police civilian advisory board listen to my whole presentation. At the end of that, they said, oh, we love this. We said, oh, you don't even use the word warrior. About two times used the word warrior in the whole presentation. Why do you call it warrior training? I said, I don't. Right. I call it bulletproof mind. Sure. I talk about sheepdogs. Sure. I talk about walking the hero's path. Sure. And, and they were blown away. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, 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 there was some stuff out there where uh, I talk about, you know, that, that, that first responders and life and death situation and they come home and have really intense sex. A lot, a lot of perks from this job, you know, relax and enjoy it. And then <laughs> off-duty. Wait, I tell you, off-duty. <laughs> well, they took a clip of that and completely out of context. Of course. They cut off just before I said off-duty. They cut off all the part where it's a normal parasympathetic backlash. It happens to crime victims. They got Grossman saying you're going to kill somebody and have great sex. 
Which and motivates them to go out and kill people. I, yeah, get, I, get, yeah. I get where they're so, going. But, but, wow, see, wow. here's the fun part. Wow. Is people, people listen to that, and then they go online and say, what else has this guy got to say? Yes. And they listen to the whole thing. I've, I've never once in 25 years told somebody to take a video down. They go, videos my stuff, put it online. It's my only defense. And they, they, they listen to the whole thing. So what they meant to harm me has actually ended up doing great good. Yes. They said, let's hear more about this guy. Let's see more about this guy. Yes. And they've always written all these books, article after article. If, if you want proof of how twisted and distorted the media has become on cops, mm-hmm. just do an online search for Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman in the news and look at article after article that never mentions my books. Wow. What, what kind of a, a journalist they talk about this guy, never meant his books, never mentioned my scholarly credentials. This is this is straight up character assassination. Right. Sure. And it's not that they're trying to hurt me because they haven't succeeded. Right. It represents what they're doing to law enforcement across the board. Sure. How sick and twisted, demented, distorted the national news media has become yes. when it comes to law enforcement and the misrepresentation of who you are. So you know how to fight them? How do you fight them? Have a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Have Enjoy, a Tootsie roll. savor it. <laughs> and, and get out there and do the job. I'm 66 years old. And it's my prayer. I can do it for another 20 years. If I quit, they win. Sure. You know, fighting an army ranger is like, like wrestling with a pig. Everybody gets dirty. Everybody gets dirty, but the pig likes it. <laughs> so, I, I heard you say that before. <laughs> I picture Grossman and a pig. Now. <laughs> no, everybody, everybody gets dirty, but the pig likes it. Sure. You know, well, we savor. You know, everybody runs from conflict. We go towards the conflict. Sure. We don't flee from this conflict. We we go towards it, and we conquer it. And the way we win, how do we defeat this evil? With love. Yeah. And remaining calm and being professional and having that Tootsie Roll waiting in the back of your car. Absolutely. And when you're just burning with rage and burning with anger and barely under control, grab that Tootsie Roll, pop one in your mouth, start chewing, and watch what happens. Sure. Use your breathing. Get that swig of water. Regain control. If we give up, if we quit, then they win. They win. And we will not let those bastards win. Absolutely. We will fight for our nation. We will fight for our family. The worse it gets, the harder we will fight. Yes. That's what love's all about. And that, you know, I think has been the vision for Under the Shield for 30 years, but God had to bring me to Arizona and bring people like Tom and Becky and those in because, uh, again, that's this has to pass on. Uh, you know, what I do, they also can do. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about. We want to spread this thing across the country, yep. Canada, wherever, yeah. Europe, whatever. But the reality is, is... We're not going to, you know, if that was the case, I would have sat down and and died, you know, 25 years ago because I've been fighting for all those years. And it's really funny when you said what you did, because if I have administrations and police departments that don't like me, business goes through the roof. I said, they're the best PR I got going. Let an assistant chief or chief go, don't go to Susan. My God, I don't have enough hours in the day. (laughs) They They don't understand. Exactly. They really don't understand. (laughs) But the harm they have done to our nation, Yes. Mm -hmm. the explosion of violence in 2020, and then the fact that it's not being reported. I I, I throw up a slide that shows what happened, this boom, this incredible spike in crime in 2020. Mm. And it's from the New York Times says there is no precedent for the explosion of crime in 2020. At New York Times, on page five of Sunday Supplement, and never mention it again. Wow. If it, I, I mean, if, if there's no precedent, if it is an explosion, why isn't it front page news day right. after day? Sure. The censorship of this information. Oh, yeah, we reported that. Yeah. <laughs> One time, <laughs> you know, like on a Sunday supplement, buried. Sure. Well, well, why isn't it headline news day after day? The lies, the deception, the things they choose not to report yes. is enraging. So yes. how do we win? By staying in the fight. Well, and, you know, last week we had 14, wasn't it last week? 14 yeah. officers shot in this country, four killed. And I was appalled at the people, just Joe Citizens out here, who had no idea. Yeah. I would tell them, and they'd go, oh, I haven't heard that. Well, probably ought to research why you hadn't heard yes. that, mm-hmm. yes. because it's true. Yeah. And we're on a track to have more officers shot and killed in the line of duty than last year. And last year was a record. Yes, right? yes. Last and, year was an all-time record. And it's all the defund and we, stuff, yeah. and it's these... Yeah. crazy DAs yeah. that are saying it's okay, like the oh. two officers killed in L.A. that Gascon 
he's an idiot. I just <laughs> want to go on the record and say <laughs> no, he's an idiot. Moron. He was an idiot when I met him as yeah. chief at Mesa. And um, but he had just let that guy out who still had another three years. Those officers and their families wouldn't be suffering. The exactly. community is is they don't even realize what they've lost yeah. in two more officers. We don't have people just to come in behind them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they don't even realize it. And it's just sad that they're putting. I think this is even beyond sheep. Yes. You know, you've yes. always had that. I, I think that we got to find something that's even dumber than sheep. Because <laughs> I think we have a whole new species yeah. here. So work on that, Dave. Worm. Worm. Yeah. But it, it, it really is frightening. But remember, there's only one thing in the universe you can control. Sure. It's yourself sure. right now. And if we give way to bitterness, mm-hmm. if we give way to cynicism or complacency or denial, that's the one thing you can control. Right. And you've given the world a victory with your own hand. And we will not give them that victory. No, my mouth we just gets bigger. <laughs> yes. I yes. just yell and scream louder. Yes. <laughs> stay in the fight. Believe in who you are. Believe in what you do. And the older I get, the less I care. So I, <laughs> I, I might be up on the building when you come to work one day, Becky. Know, that's another part of the equation that I'd like to talk to your audience about real quick is sure. my book on spiritual combat. Yes. Christian Book Award finalist. You know, in the end, we're in a battle against forces of evil. And the ultimate force for good on the planet is God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and you know, you say, I know Grossman's on combat. I know Grossman's on killing. Well, take the next step. And, and take a look at that spiritual side of the house. I know yes. you've you've had a chance to read it. Others have. And, uh, no, that's the one I don't have. On spiritual combat. No, we talked about it oh, last time I oh. saw you. You said, i got to get oh. you one. We forgot it was, about and, it. Yeah. And praise God. It was a Christian Book Award finalist. <laughs> Didn't win, but it was finalist. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Uh, the yeah, thousands absolutely. of Christian books came out that year. You know, the top five. And, sure. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, so check it out, those of you that might want to take that next step. Because in the end. You know, uh, this time on earth is a tiny blip compared to eternity. Yes. Keep your eye on the ball. Yes. And look at the big picture. Sure. And understand what our goal is and what our mission is here. And we really talk about that. It's it's, um, on spiritual combat, 30 missions of victorious warfare. There's not chapters of missions. Nice. And it begins with equipment issue. Sure. And and rolls right into the battle. (laughs) And uh, and I'll be getting you a copy. We'll get you going. Great, yeah. Uh, you know, read everything he wrote. I, you know, well, I, I still question his science fiction book, but anyway, uh, he's got two in that series. I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, but, you know, then you move it into books like Why Mommy Carries a Gun. Yeah, well, we, we got a children's book, uh, the Sheepdog Kids book. That one's awesome. Which has done really well. Yes. But it's mostly military and law enforcement sheepdogs. Sure. We mentioned civilians. I speak at the NRE every year. I spoke this last year, one of their one of their most successful breakouts every year. Mm-hmm. And people said, well, Dave, what about us civilian sheepdogs? Mm-hmm. So we wrote the book, Why Mommy Carries a Gun. Yep. Right? If anybody, cops, civilians, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, if anybody's going to carry a gun, here's what we want the kids to know. Sure. Find a gun, stop, don't teach. Four, uni- well, four universal gun safety laws, famous sheepdogs throughout history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we had just great artist uh that that's really made it all come alive so yep. check it out why mommy carries a gun yep uh it you know it's it's got verses you know when i i put a verse in every book when i sign it mm-hmm. and the verse for this one is luke twenty two thirty six. one of the last things jesus told his disciples was to arm themselves mm-hmm. he said you know i told you before don't take your cloak with you <laughs> now i tell you basically bad times are coming yep so if you don't have a sword sell your cloak and buy one mm-hmm. i mean one of jesus last commandments bad times are coming arm yourself oh he didn't really mean that yes he did <laughs> it, it, it exists at multiple levels both spiritual and physical right right but but it, it, just like every other thing he told us is meant to be applied directly he warned us bad things are coming he ordered us yes. to sell your coat if you have to and buy the state-of-the-art defensive weapon sure. I, I've, I've got a t-shirt a guy gave me Said, uh, you know, uh, Luke twenty two thirty six. You know, and Jesus said, "Sell your coat and buy an AR 15 so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the modern translation. That's oh, I love that. Literally, what he said. <laughs> that's that's good. Now that one I would wear. Yeah. The sword, oh, like the sword. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. I'm gonna but be too good with the sword. You know, yeah. state of the art military weapon. He was telling them, <laughs> and we know people carried them all the time. We know sure. two. Two of the disciples said they had one. Two of the disciples had one. Two out of twelve, and uh, and 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 they said we have two. And he said that's enough and moved on. So does he mean two out of twelve is enough? Does he mean I told you and I'm moving on? Well, 
we had after the um, we did a lot of church safety presentations, and in a in a uh, uh, AME church in uh, in in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, we had nine people murdered by yep. an evil evil man who yep. came there during their their Sunday mm-hmm. Bible study and yep. had their their head bowed and their eyes shut and yep. began to kill them. We tell sheepdog, pray with your head up. Your head, up. head up. He's but, up there uh, anyway. <laughs> but there was a, a, a detective, a, a very distinguished black senior detective, uh, who talked to our group about what happened that day. And he said, I wasn't there that day. I wish I was. Sure. He said, I have my own interpretation. They said, we have two. Jesus said, that's enough. He said, I have two on me right now. Mm-hmm. He said, Jesus saying we should all wear two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> that was gone in a backup. He didn't mean two people. <laughs> <laughs> two each. Two <laughs> What a great guy. Just broke us up. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, one is none and two is one, right? Yeah, you don't exactly. have a backup. Well, I'm glad you were there. Columbia is my hometown. That's oh, where I grew up. Yeah. And spent the first 23 years of my life. Oh. Uh, and you've got some other books coming out. My son is chomping at the bit for the one coming out in March. Yeah, uh, uh, on hunting. Yes. Uh, you know, you can't really understand, like auditory exclusion. We don't hear the shot. Now, that has got to have been a God-given gift sure. throughout history. Sure. And and it, it exists only when you have your predator neurons. Mm-hmm. When when you're zeroed in on the target, the, 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 the sound is shut out. Now, hunters... You're still getting hearing loss. Mm-hmm. The shutout is in the nerve. The steer, here's still being hammered. Wear hearing protection when you hunt. To be a deaf old geese like me, it's a pain in the butt, right? <laughs> but the lion's roar is a deafening, stunning weapon that operates at multiple harmonics. It's a powerful weapon, God-given, to stun their prey. And we have been given a mechanism to tune it out. And that's what auditory exclusion is all about. Sure, these are these are predator neurons. See, we're a predator and prey. We have the chiseled teeth of a rabbit, we're the grinding molars of a grass eater, and we're the gripping canines of a predator. And we have all throughout the history of our species been in the middle of the food chain. We've been predator and prey. It's no fun being prey. Right. We want to be predator. Yes. We, we, we have spent all these years fighting our way to the top of the food chain. <laughs> and and we talk about these neurons and, and, and how the body's built and throughout history. And and we, we take, you know, we don't take just an evolutionary perspective. We respect all perspectives. But, but if you take that evolutionary perspective, if our, civiliz- if, if our species has existed for 24 hours, up until the last six minutes, all we ever did was hunt. It's who we are. It's what we do. We're hunter-gatherers. It's into our genes. We need it. Sure. And we talk about hunting as the salvation for, for, uh, uh, for, for the wild. You know, in, in Africa, Kenya has banned all trophy hunting, and they're being slaughtered. They're just they're being slaughtered. They, they can't hire enough game wardens to protect them. There's, there, there's the locals are gunning them and eating them, and, and they're, they're being poached. Well, Botswana is the alternative. Botswana, they drew a circle around every village. They said, everything in that circle belongs to you. And so that crazy American who will pay $100,000 to kill that lion, who's at the end of the life cycle anyway, and oh, by the way, death by old age and nature is a horrible, hideous death. Sure. That, that, that crazy American who will pay huge amounts of money to come shoot that lion at the end of the life cycle anywhere is going to pay for every game more than they could ever possibly think of needing. And the entire civilization is totally dedicated to protecting their 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 ecostructure, to protecting their life. Now we know in America, hunters are the primary source of Department of Natural Resource. That hunting license every year. Yep. Millions of people buy a hunting license. They pay. Yeah. Ducks Unlimited. The wilderness hunting is the primary thing that is that is prospered wildlife. But in Africa, it's the answer. So those are just a couple of the things that we, we weave into the book. Nice. Uh, and obviously the nuts and bolts of our heritage and the different techniques of hunting that have crossed history uh, and the mindset and why it's so deeply important to our wellness, mm-hmm. how we need to be in nature, we need to be outside to preserve the wilderness. And, the, and anyway, it's, it's, and, and we can't understand on killing. We can't understand on combat right. until we understand on hunting. They are all woven in together. Early combat had to be completely interwoven with early hunting. Sure. Our hunting skills transferred to our combat skills. 
the act of killing and hunting. You can't understand killing in combat without understanding killing and hunting. I, I've told people for decades, I believe the single best way to prepare for combat is to hunt sure. for many, many reasons. It, it's the only event that we engage in that taps into the same neural package, auditory exclusion, the hunter doesn't hear the shot. You know, how could we have had 500 years of gunpowder combat <laughs> and not let people know, hey, by the way, the shots will get muted. Yeah. How in the world has this never been studied? Sure. And, and so it, it, it's, it's the only thing you can engage in. And, and buck fever, you know, when you when you kill your first big deer, this, this physiological response it, that afterwards it doesn't strike, but that first time, get that out of your system now right. when your life is not on the line. Mm -hmm. Sure. And develop that skill. You know, I, my, my little grandson was seven years old. He went to deer camp the first time. Uh, he came home grubby and dirty, you know, and his mom said, what'd you like the best? He said, gutting the deer. <laughs> For a seven-year-old boy, yeah. what's inside a living creature is fascinating. This is the heart, and these are the lungs, and these are the kidneys. Here's the stomach, you know. And, and he's fascinated by it. Sure. And we should encounter that stuff. And we immediately cut the back strap off and cooked it on the grill right there on the spot. And, and, and you should encounter that stuff when you're young. Yes. If the first time you see it is some terrible crime scene, some terrible accident scene, we set you up for failure. Yes. Right. And, and throughout human history, the, a child went out and wrung the chicken's neck. We didn't have refrigeration. The way the chicken stayed fresh. <laughs> it was alive. It was alive. <laughs> and the kid would run out and wring his neck and pluck him and gut him and bring it in. And that meant food on the table. Sure. And so that's the natural cycle of life and to be engaged in that. So I really have been wanting to get this book on hunting out for a very long time. That's awesome. And excited that it's going to be coming out. It's, it's, it, I, I pray that it's going to be a big deal and touch a lot of lives. Let's see what happens. How about new stuff? Do you want to break any big stories here at Under the Shields? So we claim we got we got the initial thing here on Grossman here. Not really, we, we've got we've got this sequel to on spiritual combat on spiritual warfare. Uh, it'll be out probably next fall. Good. And uh, but you know the the big thing that I want everybody to break on the news is about media violence, yes. uh, uh, about about how medical technology is holding down the murder rate. Yes. How we've got to know the truth. Sure. We've got to know how bad it really is sure. and how we're being lied to. Sure. And, you know, the FBI is filled with magnificent men and women Absolutely. putting their life on the line. Yes. They're, they're great people. At yes. the higher level, there is cause for concern. <laughs> and and they, yeah. need, they need to be held accountable. Yes. Uh, the system's not broken. There's great FBI agents who are becoming whistleblowers on a daily basis. They're patriotic Americans. Please, please, don't attack cops and don't attack the FBI because something that's gone wrong somewhere. That Don't get trapped in that. They're, they're, those sickos in the media win if you do that. Yes. But know that at the higher levels, there's a lot of chiefs we worry about. There's yes. a lot of mayors we worry about. And at the higher levels in our federal agencies, there's political appointees who are totally dedicated to a political agenda. Sure. And it becomes their religion. Uh, they don't have faith. Their faith is their is their politics. Right. And then they're they're absolutely they're fanatical about sh about anybody that doesn't believe in the same thing as them is is not worthy. I and mean, the whole left, uh, the, the attacks on anybody that doesn't agree with them. Mm -hmm. You don't buy into the, the transsexual business, right. then you're under constant attack. Sure. And, and, and of course, a lot of good people saying, that's a woke step too far. This, that's not working. <laughs> we're, we're standing up to that one, especially when it comes to children. Yes. You know, it, here's where we draw the line. Got to push you've back gone, now. You've right. gone too far on that one. Yes. But if you don't agree with them, then you're evil. Sure. And so it's their faith. It's their religion. And they can't tolerate anybody who doesn't agree with them. And so that's what we're seeing at the highest levels is a political appointees who are totally sold out to the woke religion. And it's sad. Fight it. But the tide is turning. Yes, it the is. The tide and, will turn. And I have been this saying that. This two will pass. The republic will yep. stand. Yes. Get a hang in there. They've crossed a line, but we're pushing back now. And Amen. I think we're going to see some interesting stuff in the next few weeks. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I've already done my part. I don't All know right. about the rest of y'all. Go on. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're here at a fundraiser. You're speaking tonight at a fundraiser yes. and you want to let's give them a plug can we give them a plug the organization it's a blue heart yes right. <laughs> <laughs> we're like what are we talking about can you edit this part out yeah. <laughs> i really want to do a better job on plugging them uh, if you could add sure. it in a liner note or something I'm, okay blue heart dog on it shield of uh, shield the hearts right no, no it has shield it, i know it has shield in it I'm feeling better. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
I told you, I, I'll know when I get to Yeah, no, Joel can edit all, Joel will edit all of this. Can yeah. you mark kind of the timeline yeah. of where we are? Yeah, 5427. Okay. Shield the heart. Yeah, we want to try to get them on the podcast is what the plan oh, he, is. He's a great guy. Now, he's, is, is this the guy that co-hosts the podcast with Jason Schechterly? I know. Yes. Yeah, okay. although, uh, he's I, speaking I tonight. Yes. Okay. And oh, uh, no, the, That's, um, he's one, it's uh, uh, Darren. Darren. Uh, Darren Brunch. But, yeah. yeah okay, but this is two different yeah, people. Yeah, still the heart. Okay. What do we got? Because I think it's important that we talk about the heart attack issues and that kind of stuff that they're really focusing yeah. on. And then we'll get them in here. Yeah. Where was that at? I'm, I'm with you. I can't oh, here it is. Uh, a shield blue heart blue line heart it's uh police shield blue line heart let me see if i can bring up their website here police shield blue line heart i have to tell you i love that i caught dave grossman off guard <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the only time in my life <laughs> shield the hearts event is what it's called blue Shield the Heart. Yeah, it's Shield the Heart's fundraiser. And um, oh, what's their website? Yeah, uh, I've just pulled up the flyer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Boy, it's funny how hard it is to find. Well, when you're under pressure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have known him. GriffithBlueHeart.com. Is that? That's what. What have you got? Griffith Blue That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, let me pull it up and then I'll be able to. Yeah, like I said, we need to. This will be a good kind of an intro to mention it and then we'll get Tracy on it to get them scheduled. Right. And there it is. GriffithBlueHeart.com. Well done. Thank you. The brains and the beauty on this team. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. You're the brains. I'm the beauty. <laughs> Clearly. This is it, yeah. GriffithBlueHeart.com. All right, let me go back to that. Right. So tell us, you're here for a fundraiser. You're speaking tonight. Right. It, and it's really a great organization. Griffith Blue Heart Nonprofit. Uh, Griffith, it's a G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H. Blue, B-L-U-E-H-E-R-T.com. And they're really doing an awesome thing. You know, we lose more cops to preventable deaths from heart attack mm -hmm. than almost everything else put together. We lose far more cops to heart preventable deaths sure. from heart attacks than uh, than suicide or traffic deaths or, or criminals. And it's completely preventable. They're doing a, a great program on having the AEDs, the automatic defibrillators, uh, with police. People do that, but then five years later, the batteries don't work and the pads need replacing and it right. needs to be a consistent dynamic the guy putting this together is just amazing but go to go look it up if you want to save cop lives if you want to make a difference this is one of the first places to go and my contribution tonight mm -hmm. will be talking about the link between sleep deprivation and heart disease thank you, know, you. I'm, I'm my one contribution to this discussion thank you sleep deprivation is a key factor in suicide mm -hmm. absolutely so important yes. absolutely people don't know the best meta study on suicide said not only is sleep deprivation key factor in suicide, it's the most remediable factor. Yes. Is if we gave a damn about suicide, it's where we would start. It's a yes. key factor in traffic deaths. It's a key factor in opiate overdoses. Sure. Right? Because sleep deprivation creates chronic pain. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, what, why opiates? What's with the whole opiate? Why are they suddenly the drug of choice? Yep. And, and prescription opiates have always been there. Yes. Why are they drug of choice? Because of this this global epidemic of sleep deprivation. Yes. And sleep deprivation creates chronic pain. The tendons and muscles never have a chance to fully relax. But sleep deprivation is also a key factor in heart disease. Yes. The number one killer of our cops. Sure. So getting our sleep under control is the first thing we can do to get our life under control. We don't need all that money. We don't need all that overtime. We need to stay in the hour. We need to stay focused. Do your job, do it well, get a good night's sleep, sure. limit that overtime, limit that old stuff. The, the single worst thing you could do is to be sleep deprived. Absolutely. It, will, it destroys you. And you will say things and do things when you're sleep deprived, you'll regret for the rest of your mm -hmm. life. I'm going to get on a plane tomorrow. If they don't have a, a, a rested crew, not just a pilot, Absolutely. but the entire crew, yes. if they don't have a rested crew, yes. they will cancel the flight. I'm right. good with that. Sure. Better no 
better no pilot than a tired pilot. Right. Well, we need to hit a point where we say better no cop than a tired cop. Truck right. drivers too. Yep. Amen. Same thing. And, and it's a law for truck yes. drivers. Right. Yeah. It's a law for airline pilots and Absolutely. 20 other professions. It should be the law for cops. And, you know, one of our newest board members uh, is a young 21-year-old. He's a boxer at Ohio State University. I'm sorry, Go Ryan, you couldn't really get into a real school like Alabama, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but his sister, Patsy, was one of the Chicago officers that killed herself in the first 13 days of July. They had mm-hmm. three suicides. She worked 22 days straight, 12-hour shifts, Dave. And, and not not because yes. she was looking for the money. Yes. They canceled off days. They did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this is insane. Yes. Imagine we had pilots working 12-hour days, seven days a week, months on end. Mm-hmm. The FAA would shut them down right now. But yeah. you know what the superintendent of Chicago mm-hmm. PD said? What is he say? Isn't it better to have a tired cop respond no. to your house? I said, no. hell no. no. I'll ha- I got a gun. I'll it's, handle it myself. They, mm-hmm. And they need to be sued. Yes. They need to be. The only thing to understand is money. Yes. They don't care the cops are dying. No. Right. They only understand money and votes. Yes. So sue them. Yes. Right now. And I will and be your best witness. I, you, I've been teaching yeah. on stress management in the sleep avenue of it for 30 years. We can fix this problem naturally, not yes. the ambient routes and stuff. But <laughs> Ryan told us the last time he was here or on the uh, when he was on the podcast, he had just met an officer from Chicago 41 days straight, 12-hour shifts. Insane, and, you, and you add any kind of commute time or yeah, time. exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's insane. Exactly, you don't have a life. That's it. You know, family time. Your world comes unglued. Your yes. brain comes unglued. Yeah. Yes. You're sleep deprived, and you yes. do bad things. And the EAP guy gets up and says, "Well, we're here. They just won't reach out." And I'm going, "Wait a minute. They're working 12. When do you <laughs> yeah. want them to reach out exactly?" <laughs> yeah. And this On that is commute well, you home. Know, what yeah. I thought you were going to say, you know, he's a, a a college athlete. Yeah. If I were king. If, and could pass one law, we'd mandate sleep for first responders. If yep. I could give every cop one gift, yep. I'd give them a fitness tracker and let them track their sleep. Sure. So what the coaches are doing, the coaches across the, the athletic world, I'm getting to realize that sleep is a force multiplier. It's a key factor. Yes. And the secret weapon for many of these teams is to make their people get enough sleep. Yes. And what they do is they're all wearing those fitness trackers, and then the coach is tracking that. Sure. So what do they do? One guy stays home and wears everybody else's fitness track. (laughs) The coach figures that out real fast, guys. It's like putting your stepper on your dog. The coach is not stupid. The coach figures that out pretty fast. Sure. But the coach wants a winning team. Sure. The first thing they want, they don't want suicides. They don't want traffic deaths. They don't want opiate overdoses. They want sane, rational People at the peak of their performance, playing in their sport. Yep. The first thing the whole the coach zeroes in on is sleep. Sleep. And and and, and I want to get get you on yeah. record, recorded here, <laughs> supporting my theory that we, yes. you and I have talked about before, that this is where I have the biggest complaint with the mental health world, that to be a sports psychologist you have to get your PhD and do kinesiology and all those other words I can't say. Uh, why then do we not require our licensed mental health people to specialize for our tactical athletes? Amen. You Amen. cannot just read a book, get your master's, get your Ph.D., and think you understand a population of people mm-hmm. who do things nobody else is expected yes, to do, right. who are already out of a box, but you want to mm-hmm. shove them in a box to fit the DSM. And by the way, if you want to be an intern for the world's leading organization and the world's leading expert come to under the shield of being an intern in their organization. And, and, preach and it, Dave. Preach it. Learn. <laughs> I, I'm such a huge fan of under the shield and well, suits and you. everything you guys are doing. Uh, I, I will I will sing your message. And, and when people ask me for a couple of other people that are top of the line, I, you're in that list. Thank you. Uh, just world-class resources. And you want to get that internship. You want to get that credibility and that wisdom and that knowledge. Now, come be an intern for Susan for a while. You will learn. <laughs> and let's be preventative in the training, Boom, not right. in, yes. not not intervention, yes. preventative on the front end. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I've always said, you know, when I've got cops I'm talking to and they've been on a long time and they're really not paying me attention, I go, well, I'm friends with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, and he supports. Oh, ears uh, come up, uh, and they're like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> he validates me, and they'll go, okay, I'll tolerate her because she knows Grossman. 
uh, but I'll take whatever I can get. So uh, I want you to know we have been, we have, I've always sung your praises. You know that. And like I said, you got me through my son going to Paris Island and uh, (laughs) my my son Marshall adores you also. And he is, like I said, sitting there waiting for that book to come out on honey and so, it could have been his voice coming out of the tree. <laughs> it might have been. There's that marine voice. But he'd know your face, too. Um, but we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your days. I know how crammed you are on time and iron travel. Iron. Absolutely. What a blessing. And you are a true blessing to everyone out there in our first responder world. Even the firefighters, yes, Dave talks to the hose draggers. Oh, we always have fun with them. <laughs> yes, you tease, do. You know. And you can get away with it. I can't. Uh, it's all in but fun. You can. It's all in love. You can. You tell them, you know, only, only two professions make money in bed, you know, firefighters and prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> if I said that, they'd all turn the, they'd turn the podcast it's all in off. Love. You know, we're kidding. We love you. <laughs> Just like you pick some Marines. <laughs> and, and we're looking forward to being at this fundraiser with you tonight and yeah. meeting these people and getting them yep. kind of involved right. with Under the Shield, yep. too. and. Uh, anytime you're going to be in the area, you know, let us know. We'd love to get you back on here and keep finding out the tidbits of the new stuff and being <laughs> under the shield puts out all the stuff that Grossman's got That's coming right. up. And so for all of you out there listening, uh, you know, we just want you to know how much we appreciate you, all of our first responders, military and families. The sacrifices that are made are just unbelievable. Amen. And especially on the family side, been there, done that. Becky is the wife of a sergeant. She understands it, even though she worked in law enforcement. Uh, But we're here 24-7. You can call us at 855-889-2348. If you hit extension 1, we will not even get your phone number. And you're going to get one of the stress coaches. Uh, And let me tell you something. We're not going to ask you who you are, who you work for, where you are. We're going to say, what can we do to help? And there's nothing we don't deal with. And families, call that number also. We can help you, guide you if you're having trouble getting your first responder or or veteran or military person to seek help. Uh, You know, it's not about weakness. Seeking help has nothing to do with weakness. How can we help other people if we can't help ourselves? And that's why all of our stress coaches here at Under the Shield have been clients. They've been on the couch, and they want to give back. And that's what it's about. My cell number, if you want to talk to me, is 334 324 Three five seven zero. My cell phone number is four eight zero eight six one six five seven four. And that was Tom, not Grossman. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Tom. I don't want I don't want anybody thinking they get Grossman's phone. Call. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel. <laughs> no, you got the wrong number. And, and if I may, <laughs> yes. If I may add, kind sure. of a closing note. Sure. Uh, everybody listening to this podcast, we honor you. Yes. And we've given you some awful good, important information. Tell your friends yes. to listen to this podcast. Help get the word out. Share it. We're, these really are pieces of the puzzle that are life and death. We, we just quickly hammered a bunch of nails yes. that need to be covered. Tell yes. your friends about this podcast. Help get the word out. Absolutely. That's how you can help save lives Yes, is to get this information out to your friends. And, Takes and all of us. Know. Make them listen to this podcast. Yeah. And, and we'll get the information out. We'll save lives. We will turn the tide in our civilization. This too will pass. Yes. The Republic will stand because magnificent men and women like you are out there putting their life on the line every day. Yes. And sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice. Absolutely. Jesus said greater love is no one than this. They lay down their life for their friends. Yes. But there's many ways to lay down your life. Absolutely. That's right. And that's that's why we're here and what we do here and why Dave spends so much time away from his family and all of that. But you have to reach out. Call us. Uh, we'll have all this stuff also, I think, in our description. I haven't even looked at it lately. But I do want to say this to you. God bless you. God bless your families and this great nation that we live in. The tide is turning. You heard it from the colonel yourself. <laughs> and things are going to start to shift. The pendulum has to has to swing the other direction. And uh, we're here for you 24-7, 365. Uh, Please reach out if there's anything that you need help with. There's nothing we're ever going to tell you. Oh, we don't do that because we do it all. And these are the best we have available. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Put it all on the line. Thank you very much. It's the best in the nation, best in the world. Uh, Tap into it right now. And we're honored to have that on tape. (laughs) (laughs) Come back and uh, visit us again here at Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. And, again, stay safe out there. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Tom, you going to show up next time? Uh, yes, I will. Oh, how about that? I've got that on tape, too. In, and in a few weeks, I'll have to probably be on Zoom. Oh, that's right. You're going to be playing with Border Patrol over in San Diego while I'm here 
probably getting chemo or something fun. <laughs> <Yeah>, dog. <laughs> Take care. We'll see you next time.